0: Welcome back, everyone, to Fringes of the Faith podcast. I'm Paul Henderson, administrative pastor for Capstone Church, and sitting next to me is my partner in crime, Parky Coburn, senior pastor of Capstone Church. Here hey, everyone, here in Fort Worth, Texas. How are you today? Parkey? I'm doing well. I-, I really am. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty good. Pretty good. good. Well. Good. As you know, this podcast is dedicated to discussing some of the obscure things in the Christian Bible and the faith, and, you know, today uh, we're going to talk about the original Hell's Angel. Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But before we do that, I just... I so was, that was
1: what that noise was. That was,
0: yeah, that yeah. was a Harley. Oh, that was a Harley. That was a Harley. I thought so. That's awesome. That was a Harley. I forgot to even look at it and see what kind it was, whether it was a... A uh, fat boy or, yeah. or one of those. So have you ever heard of a motorcycle club called Hell's Angels? I have. I bet. And most historians agree that Hell's Angels, it might be something you didn't know, that Hell's Angels got their name from World War I and World War II, references to fighter squadrons that used to name their units the Hell's Angels. Really?
1: Yeah. I, I would have not guessed that was where the name came from.
0: Yeah. Did you know that they are the largest motorcycle club in the world? I wouldn't be surprised, yes. They have somewhere between 3,000 and 3,600 members. Wow. That's a lot. Mm, Yeah, it is. They have over 460 charters in 59 different countries. Mm, So they're worldwide. They're worldwide. Mm -hmm. And the United States Department of Justice and the FBI, they consider the Hells Angels an organized crime syndicate. Really? Yes, they do. They're called one percenters. One Percenters. One Percenters, or One Percenters Motorcycle Club. And, you know, that's an interesting topic in and of itself, but that's, yeah. that's not what we're talking about today. Oh, okay. All right. No, but it did help us to develop the the name, the title of this podcast. Okay. So today, we're going to talk about a different kind of Hell's Angels. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about the original Hell's Angels. So are you ready? Y- yes, You got of your You got your leather in your helmet? Uh, yeah. All right, let's ride. Left over from when I was a hell's angel. (laughs) Well, let's ride. Okay. And so I don't know what you guys are thinking out there. Uh, You may be thinking that we're going to talk about the Antichrist or the dragon or the beast (laughs) or some other force that will one day rise to power and and take over the world, but no, that's not what we're going to talk about. It's not even close. Okay. We're going to talk about an individual who became hell's angel when he traveled to the underworld. He went there alone, and he met with the occupants and the guardians, mm. and he brought them a specific message. And if, if they listened to the message and they took it to heart and they believed it, then they were released from the darkness of hell. But if they didn't, well, they are going to remain there until the end of the age. And did you know, Parky, that the Bible mm-hmm. makes reference to this individual? In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8. Well tell us what that says. Okay, so there's two parts. There's verse 8 and then there's verse 9 that explains verse mm-hmm. 8. Are you ready? So here's verse 8. When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. So now verse 9 provides an explanation for what does that mean. And interestingly enough, verse 8 was taken straight from Psalm 68 18. Right. But now we've got the explanation in verse 9. And verse 9 says this What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? Yes. So he descended to the lower earthly regions.
1: He would have to have been somewhere low
0: to ascend. Descend, yeah. He descended somewhere low. Yeah, he descended in order somewhere to low. Ascend. To ascend, yes. Right. And and so this scripture, and and I'll get your thoughts on this, this scripture has been interpreted to mean that this individual that we're talking about descended to the lower regions of the earth, meaning hell, he gathered up the prisoners of darkness who believed his message, and he took them above the heavens. Does that sound about right? That is definitely uh, an interpretation of it, yes. Okay, okay. And so we see another reference in 1 Peter chapter 3:18 through 20 and it says he was put to death in the body but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. So Peter describes this original hell's angel as being put to a physical death. Okay. So apparently he was alive at one point. Yes. He was put to death, and then upon his translation from the physical to the spiritual, this angel went. It says he went. Mm-hmm. Went where? He went to hell to proclaim, to proclaim to the imprisoned spirits who he was and why he was there. Yes, does that makes sense.
1: Yes, it does. And, and you know, uh, Pastor Paul just read to you uh, what is probably the most disputed scripture in the New Testament, 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9. Uh, it's, it's an amazing, incredible scripture. Uh, you know, basically falls down into about three different interpretations depending upon uh-huh. who, who you are. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, one being, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Jesus preached through Noah in the days before the flood, which I, I kind of struggle with that one a little bit. I, I yeah. think Noah, there may be some evidence, you know, second Peter chapter two, that Noah may have actually preached, although we don't see any sermons.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I don't, I, I kind of don't really go with that one as much. i I'm, I'm more of the ilk on this thing that he went, that he actually went somewhere mm-hmm. and, and went into the earthly regions, the lower earthly regions, uh, and, and spoke and he went there and he spoke mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, I know there are other people that the other two interpretations have to do with that very fact that he actually went in the spirit
0: into hell and he spoke Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So circling back then to Ephesians four eight through nine, we see that when we look at that verse as as maybe a witness to yeah. the second Peter, we see that some of these imprisoned spirits were set free and they were gathered to this particular angel. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the way that's the way I interpret it um, is that this angel, this person, was alive, then he was put to death, mm-hmm. and his spirit descended to the lower earthly regions, brought a message to those people that were imprisoned down there, and then ascended up to the heavens with those that believed his message. I agree. I think, uh, I think the controversy on
1: this scripture has more to do with who are the imprisoned spirits. I mean, who are those? But you know, when you, when you put Ephesians chapter 4 verses 8 and 9 in conjunction uh With uh, what Peter is writing in First Peter three, eight and nine, then it does seem to bring some clarity to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, though there, w- there was some type of freeing aspect done in that in that journey, right? Mm-hmm. I know some people say the two scriptures don't have anything to do with each other, but I think there's no definitive evidence that that they don't.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and I think if you look, at them and you read them, they sure seem to
0: be speaking of the same event. Right. Okay. And so, of course, by now, hopefully, that you uh, are, you know that we're talking about Jesus.
1: So not a not a, a real hell's angel, but no. but the original hell's angel.
0: The original hell's angel. Yeah, because a
1: hell's angel might go there and not come out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if hey, if you're a good hell, if you're a godly hell's angel. Well, anyway. So, Go ahead. <laughs> so
0: G, we're talking about Jesus. Yes. And Jesus himself tells us a prophecy about his death and his going down to hell mm-hmm. in Matthew 12, Matthew chapter 12, yeah. verse 38 through 40. And so he, here are the Pharisees and the scribes. They, they're listening to Jesus. They're listening to him mm-hmm. talk, and they ask Jesus to give them a sign that he was who he said he was, or who he was who they were saying he was. He was right. the Messiah. And Jesus tells them, quote, no sign will be given except the sign of Jonah, for Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of the giant sea creature, so will the Son of Man, meaning Jesus, spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, meaning hell. So we connect this passage with the book of Jonah, okay, mm-hmm. who said that he, Jonah, was cast into the depths of Sheol. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. And, when the, and that's when the Lord rescued him. If you want to read that, it's Jonah chapter 2, verse 2. And so, if we think about those in conjunction with Jesus descending into hell, uh, what are the implications here? What are the
1: implications? Mm -hmm. Tell us what the implications are.
0: All right, so here we go. Jesus allowed himself, okay? Jesus allowed himself to be tortured and killed for our sin. He went down into the depths of hell to proclaim a message to those who are willing to listen and believe and to those who were also under eternal judgment, Mm -hmm. those that were there in the days of Noah, the disobedient ones, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Jesus is the only individual out of all of the religions in the world that did this. Buddha never claimed to go to hell. Right. Muhammad didn't go to hell. Only Jesus went to hell for you and me Mm -hmm. to reclaim the deed of the earth and the keys to death and Hades. Hmm. Those are the implications when we think about, so Jesus descended into hell for a purpose, for a reason. Right, right. You know,
1: I think that if, if he had not descended into hell to take the keys away from the enemy, then I think that we would have still somewhere within us held on to the thought, process that, hey, uh, you know, the enemy, That hell itself is a domain of the enemy. It, it, it's his domain that he has power over. Well, when you take keys, that means you take authority. Yes. And so therefore, Satan does not have authority or power over who ends up in hell or even what happens in hell. So, you know, we see all these pictures or, uh, sometimes of... Satan going around in hell doing all these things to torment people, you have to understand Satan himself is going to be tormented in hell. (laughs) Yes, he is. He's not going to be ruling anything in hell. That's right. He himself is going to be an occupant uh, of hell uh, and a prisoner in hell.
0: Let's talk about that for a second because his goal and his objective uh, is to get you... And me, mm-hmm. and everyone out there watching and listening, his goal and objective is to get you into hell. Yeah. And he doesn't play by the rules. He is a real enemy of your soul. He has no ethics. He will lie, cheat, and manipulate you into believing, number one, that hell isn't real, that he isn't real. Mm-hmm. But he is real, and he doesn't care about you. And what you said a while ago about him uh, ruling in, ruling in hell, I've heard some people say this, and maybe you have too, why be a servant in heaven when you can rule in hell?
1: Well, no one's going to be ruling in hell. I mean, hell is a domain uh, that was created by God, and it wasn't created for you. Everybody that's out there listening, it was not created for you to be an occupant of <laughs> is, hell.
0: Let's talk about that for a second. I think yes, that's very, very important. Right. God did not create hell for humans. He did not. Okay. It was created... Uh, for the
1: devil and his angels. And um, and they were, uh, it was created specifically for them. But when mankind entered into rebellion, then uh, we began to follow the ways of the enemy. And some of you out there are saying, man, I'm no devil worshiper. I don't follow the ways of Satan. But you have to understand that while you may not willingly be saying, I'm a devil worshiper, I I actively worship the enemy, neither was Eve when, when Satan came to her. But what he did was he sowed his own dissatisfaction for not being God into her, his own desire to be God to her, and that seed fell in her and took root And so she actually participated in the very... And and Adam participated in the very same sin that Mm -hmm. Satan did. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worship the devil to be partaking in his sin.
0: Right, right. And so uh, it's important to know this, that no one, what you said, no one will rule in hell. Hell will rule you, though. Yes, it will. Hell will rule you. And... If there's a way to avoid being ruled by hell, there is a way. There is a way. One way. only The only way. Yes. We talked about that in a previous podcast. Right. The many roads to paradise. Yes, exactly. There's only one way to avoid being ruled by hell, and that way is Jesus. And that, when you said that's why he said he is the way, not a way. Right. He is the only way. And what he means is that he and he alone... He went alone. He went to hell for you and me and for you to pave a way of escape from eternal damnation. Well, I think,
1: I think this is important. He went alone. He didn't take Buddha with him. Nope. Buddha didn't accompany him into hell. Muhammad did not accompany him into hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, no uh, Eastern religious guru or anyone else accompanied him into hell. He went alone. And came out uh of hell by his own power, and I think that that just further tells us that he is the only way out mm-hmm. of of hell. no one else uh had the power to accompany him out. only those uh who are connected to him have the power to to avoid hell
0: that's right, and Jesus is the only way, yeah. So don't let the enemy of your soul tell you otherwise because it's that, that is the great deception. Um, the enemy exists. There is a place that has been prepared for him and his dominions, mm-hmm. his minions, basically. So don't get wrapped up into that and, and become one of those uh, people that go to experience this great chasm, this, what he calls a great chasm, where it's... Torture, basically, it, you know. Don't don't get wrapped up into that, and and be a part of that club of demons and devils. Yeah, that hell was meant for because it's a spiritual place. Yeah,
1: and don't fall into the trap that many people are falling into nowadays, which is they may believe in heaven, but they don't believe in hell. Mm, Listen, a, yeah, Jesus uh, is a is. A, a god of god jesus is the lord of grace he he is the intercessor and sacrifice for mankind he is the direct uh the one who directly came into the earth to save people from from going to hell he intervened intervened in such a way that he died okay it was a very serious very intentional intervention now, this guy, this same guy who came to prepare a way out of hell for us and a way of salvation, lots of people believe in salvation, believe in heaven, but they don't believe in hell. This very man who was that intercessor, who was that advocate, who stopped, who provided the way out of hell, I should say, is the one who talked at length about the existence of hell. He t- he talked at length about it. Uh, he didn't in any... St- Time, say, hey! There's not a hell. There's only a he- there. Uh, there's only a heaven. He talked about heaven and hell in conjunction with one another, and so don't be deceived. I mean, uh, one of the best ways that Satan can send you to hell is deliver is to try to get you the place you don't believe in it. You just don't believe in it. If you don't believe that there's an internal punishment for rebellion, then then that's going to change your behavior in a lot of ways. And, and look, the Lord's not trying to make you live for him because you're afraid of hell, but you just need to know that it does exist.
0: It does. Um, and so that makes Jesus, since he's the only one, the only one that went to hell mm-hmm. uh, in order to set the captives there free and to take the keys of Hades and death away, and the deed, explain that for just a second, because, you you know, we talk about it, you know, the deed of the earth and, and how Jesus took the deed back from the devil. Uh, why did the devil have it to begin with? Well, he he took it by man's sin,
1: mm-hmm. okay, because the Lord in the beginning, he said, he told Adam and Eve when he sowed their purpose into them, he said, I give you dominion, mhm Okay, so they were in. A, uh, they were given delegated authority to have dominion over this level of of existence, and when the enemy came in and cut off uh, and, and deceived them, is what I'm trying to say. Through this deception, you can be like God if you forget His instructions and you you know and go this way. You can be like Him then he was able to take that authority away from them. Mm -hmm. And so the only way, we can't escape the clutches of the devil without Jesus. We can't do that. You say, well, I'll just reclaim that dominion through my own battle with Satan. I'll just be, I'll overcome him myself. You can't, he has dominion over you, okay? He has dominion over you. The only way that you can take that dominion back is not by force of will, but by submission to the Lord and allowing his authority to come into your life, to forgive you, to to empower you, and then he, the Lord himself, will break the dominion of Satan off of you and restore to you the authority that he gave to Adam and Eve.
0: That's good. So he holds the deed. He holds the deed now to mm-hmm. the earth. And he, he kind of, what it sounds like he, he holds the mortgage mm-hmm. and... We either pay the mortgage through recognizing his authority and his lordship over our lives or we default yeah. on the mortgage and we let go of it and we yeah. don't have any more dominion or authority, right? Right, and, and
1: the retaking of the keys of hell, since hell is a part of the, of the, created, uh, the created world, you know his, domi- his taking back dominion wouldn't have been complete unless he took back the keys of that as well. So the defeat of Satan is total. It's total. But you cannot do that on your own. You cannot do that on your own. You, you know you. You know you. Listen, everybody that's, that I'm talking to out here. Forget what I want for a minute. Listen. You know you, and you know what goes on in the, your heart of hearts and in your mind, and you know how many times you not only— Uh, You you disappoint yourself. You disappoint yourself by the things you do. You you or yourself are shocked at times of the things you, you see you're capable of. And so we don't have the power to change ourselves or to change that part of our nature without the divine intervention of God. Okay, that has authority over us until it's broken by Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. Amen. And so when we say that Jesus is the original hell's angel, <laughs> uh, what we're talking about is he is the original, the one and only one that traveled to the depths of hell to bring his message, the good news, the gospel. Um, and that's what we mean.
1: I, I, yes, that's exactly what we mean. And, and th- I hope this brings you uh, comfort to know that Satan's power can be broken. It can be broken in your life. I don't care if your family were demon worshipers, if you were a demon worshiper, God's power is greater. And if you turn to him, he will break every hook, every claim that Satan has over your life. He'll break those things and free you from it. And you know one final thing I'd like to say about First Peter chapter three, the mm-hmm. verses that that we read. We understand that uh, you know those are very mysterious and, and interesting verses, but and some people would say, well, that's not the way you interpret that, and if you have a different interpretation, please send that to Pastor Paul.
0: I'd love to see it
1: but but one thing we need to consider, Pastor Paul, is it the pre-flood world. Was was similar in many ways to to the post flood world that we're living in, Mm -hmm. but it also had some very unique factors. Okay, Uh, we know that there were some angels that were loosed and operating in the pre flood world that are not operating now. Mm -hmm. Second Peter chapter two verses you know five and six. Uh, Jude verse six. Go back and read those. There, there were some demonic powers that were judged at the flood and locked away that are not operating now. Genesis chapter six That's verses right. one and following mm-hmm. that tell us that 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 Satan was interacting, that demons were interacting with mankind in a different way than mm-hmm. they are now. God judged all that, so we have to realize that there are several potential implications of that scripture. And I'm not being dogmatic and saying the way I think about it is right, but I think we need to open up our mind to to say we just can't judge that on the way things are right now. We have to remember that that pre-flood world in many ways operated a, a little differently than ours. There, were, there, were, there was demonic power and other things happening then that will probably not be released again until the days of Revelation.
0: Yes, and, you know, that brings us to the conclusion, mm-hmm. basically, of Season 1 of Fringes of the Faith. And so we hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, we will be back for Season 2. Mm-hmm. We're looking at September 7th, so mark your calendars. And you don't want to miss Season 2 because we're going to be talking precisely mm-hmm. about some of the pre-flood entities that were operating on the earth back then. We're going to be talking about the Nephilim. Mm -hmm. We'll be talking about Enoch and the fallen angels and the implications of the bloodline. There are some Mm. theories out there that I want to talk about trying to corrupt the bloodline to prevent the Messiah from coming. Yes. And then we're going to also talk about some of the non-canonical books in in, uh, some of the other uh, Bibles uh, books that are known as the Apocrypha. Yeah. There there's some interesting stories in there uh, mm-hmm. that could shed some light on some of these, the, the missing elements, I guess you might say, if you think there are any. So I think season two is going to be very, very interesting. Um, yeah,
1: it's going to be a lot of fun. And you have to understand that we're going to do the best we can. We're going to stay faithful to Scripture. Yes. And if we can't tell you something for sure, we're going to tell you that. We're going to mm-hmm. say, hey, we, we don't know for sure. This could be interpreted several different ways. The Bible doesn't necessarily address this specifically, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about these things and explore them in light of the revelation that we do have. And so I'm really excited. And as Pastor Paul says to, you, to all of you that are listening out there many times, if you have something that you would like us to talk about, uh, send it in to us. Uh, you know, we would we would love to look at that and uh, and potentially have those things as a subject here on the podcast.
0: Yeah. Well, and that the email address is info at Capstone dot church. And you yes. know, you've got a series coming up that you're about to start teaching on. Yeah, um, July seventh
1: uh, here at Capstone. Uh, it's going to also be streaming on Facebook at our Facebook page, uh, Capstone Church Benbrook. We're going to start talking about the book of Revelation, and I'm actually, uh, we did a study last fall of the letters to the churches, so I'm actually going to start in Revelation chapter 4 when it starts speaking of the things to come, the prophetic things that, that are in the future, and so I'm really excited about that, looking forward to that. So, you know, Hey, if you want to, uh, come by the church and sit, sit with us during this
0: series or tune in. Yes, tune in. Come by 4600 Veterans Parkway, Benbrook, Texas, 76126. Well, that is it for us. Um, God bless you guys. We yes. love you. And remember, until we meet again, stay in the Word, stay alert, and be not deceived. God bless you. God bless all